Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. You know, vision is one of the primary ways that God speaks to your heart. A lot of times, uh, the question I get, uh, probably the most often question I get as a pastor is, Pastor, what am I supposed to do with my life? What am I supposed to do next? You know, what, what are we supposed to do with this job or... What am I supposed to do with this relationship? By the way, I got a quick answer to that. If they don't come to church here, you just break it off. But um, what what are they supposed? You know, how, how do I get direction? How do I know what to do next? And the truth of the matter is, listen, there's a lot that's up to God, but there's a lot that's up to you. There's a lot that's up to God. There's a lot that's up to me. You got to have vision for for the life that you want. You don't think that you just woke up one day and decided to start that business or decided to join the military or decided to open up your own franchise or decided to be you know go for manager or decided to have three kids. You don't think that that's just something you woke up with. God put that dream on the inside of you and God works with you to fulfill the vision of God that he gave you. Let me prove it to you. Proverbs says it like this, not on the screen, but he said, he gives you the desires of your heart. Now, that doesn't mean that anything you desire, God answers. God's not some genie in a bottle that you just, if you'll rub it the right way, then, you know, you get all your wishes, you get three wishes, and this is the right thing. No, it's not like that. God puts the desires that you already have in your heart in your heart. God wired you with all that stuff. He he made you a leader. He made you a champion. He made you somebody of value. He made you with leadership gifts. He made you an amazing mother. He made you an amazing entrepreneur. He made you somebody good at numbers. And that's why you're an accountant. It's not because you're a nerd. It's because God made you that way. And being a nerd just helps. Come on, somebody. Like, it just helps when you want to <laughs> nerd unite. Yeah, there, yeah. Those people are taking over the world, so be careful <laughs> about making fun of that. But God put vision on the inside of you. Jesus is constantly moving in vision in the New Testament. We often like to read the Gospels for the highlights. You know, we like to read it like an Instagram reel. We like to see the miracles. God, I, just show me the stuff where Jesus opens up blinded eyes, or, or just show me the stuff where, you know, where where dead people get off of, uh, of of funeral pyres. Every funeral Jesus attended, he ruined every single one of them. They quit inviting him to funerals because he ruined every single one of them. We're trying to mourn and all the dead people get up. And, 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 and people like to read that in the Gospels. But the truth is the bulk of the Gospels, the bulk of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are not miracles. The bulk of it is vision about the kingdom of God. Jesus' ministry was more focused on vision than it was on miracles. And I know it feels good to talk about miracles, but honestly, if you want to be a Christ follower, you're going to have to learn how to develop vision in your life. Shout amen to that, everybody. Jesus is moved with vision. John the Baptist is his cousin. I got some Baptist cousins too. Anybody else got? Anyway, John the Baptist is his cousin, and he dies, and this is the end of Jesus' ministry, what will be the end of Jesus' natural life, and he is tired and he goes to be alone with his father and you'll find him often towards the end of this season of ministry tired and looking for a place to get alone but when he gets alone he knows it's vision that drives him forward he looks into the cup in Gethsemane he asks his father father let this cup pass from me three different times father let this cup pass from me father let this cup pass from me the third time he looked into the cup he saw me 
And he saw you. And he saw the mess up of our life. And he saw the problem we would be in. And he saw how we would mess our whole lives up. And he said, that's the vision I got to go to the cross for. Say amen to that, everybody. And vision, write this in your notes if you're taking notes today. Every good Christian takes notes. In church, all the sinners don't. So just look down the aisle and figure out who's who. Vision will motivate you. Vision will motivate you. It motivated Jesus to the cross. Before his death, Jesus is uh, near the, uh, the time of his crucifixion. He is at that last supper. Thank you, uh, Aubrey, for leading us through the last supper. By the way, that was the last supper. That wasn't the first supper, everybody. He had been celebrating Passover at least three times with his uh, disciples, probably a lot more uh, than that and it won't be the last supper as a matter of fact we just drank that third cup the next time we take real communion together we're going to be in the kingdom of God it's the last supper with a lamb we get to do that together but before it he says listen boys I'm about to go away and I'm going to prepare a place for you I'm going back to my father and if I go I'm going to prepare a place that where I am you may be also I want you to take heart though because it's going to get harder before it gets better and I'm going to have to die the son of man has come so that he could give his life as a ransom for many he's preparing them for what they're going to walk through but he's doing it with vision he's not telling them hey guys the cross is going to be ugly he's telling them hey everybody heaven's going to be worth it all write this in your notes vision gives pain a purpose vision gives the pain of your life a purpose I didn't just go through this to go through this God took me through this so that I have purpose in my pain say amen to that before Jesus, I'm just giving you Jesus' idea, vision, before he ascends back to his father. He's in the Mount of Transfiguration, and he tells his disciples, you all go to the upper room, you go back to Jerusalem, and you wait there for the promise of the Father. Not many days after that day, ten days actually, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And when you do, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit so that you can do something with it. Let me pause here and tell you, this is a Spirit-filled church. Now, you may have different ideas about what that's about, but let me tell you what this Spirit-filled church means. Being full of the Holy Spirit doesn't mean you get goosebumps and fall out all the time. You don't have the Holy Spirit so you have special status with God. You have the Holy Spirit because you got service to give to God. He said, I'm going to give you power in the upper room, but it's not for goosebumps. It's so that you can tell the whole world that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. You got work to do with the Holy Spirit. Say amen to that. It, it will guide. Write it down like this. Vision will guide you. It will guide you. Jesus is giving final instructions. He gives the final instruction to his disciples while telling them about ascending to the Father right at the Mount of Transfiguration. And Matthew talks about it the clearest. And he gives them not his mission. Look into my eyes. Jesus does not end his earthly ministry talking about mission. The mission of Jesus was that the Son of Man must, I got to come and I got to die for your sins. That's the mission. He was born to die. The mission was to pay for your sins and my sins, to once and for all cover us in the blood of a new covenant so that we could be made right with God the Father. That's the mission of Jesus. So Jesus, when he leaves the earth, he doesn't leave them with his mission. He leaves them with your mission. 
And if you want to know what the vision of God is for your life, for church, for Christians, for Christ followers, what am I supposed to do with my life? How am I supposed to move forward? Tell me what the vision that guides me. Matthew 28, 19, Jesus says it like this. Therefore, go. Everybody shout go. You didn't shout it. Shout go. Shout go. This is not a coming church. This is a going church. You don't need to be the kind of Christian that comes and takes and receives and sits there and consumes and just feed me and help me and bring your spiritual grocery cart and fill it up, Pastor, and I'll see you next Sunday. No, no, no. If you're going to be a Jesus follower full of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be a go kind of person. Because you have the Holy Spirit, because you've been endued with power from on high, therefore shout go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. What's going on in the world right now, Pastor? Are we in the end times? I tell you this often. I don't know if these are the end times, but these are my end times. Did you catch that? I don't know if these are the end times, but these are my... In other words, I've only got just a few more years. You say, well, that, that, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say my life is short and i got purpose to do. i got to get not on mission with God. I've got a co-mission. God said, I'm not going to let you do it by yourself. My mission was paying for sins. But the co-mission that you and I are on are to go and make disciples and baptize them and teach them and grow them up and send them out to find more disciples. And then go and make disciples and baptize them and train them and then send them out to make more disciples. And you and I don't have a separate mission. We are on co-mission with Jesus. Say amen to that. We built our whole church around that mission. We built our whole church around this vision that you go and make disciples and baptize people and that you teach them to obey everything. We try to use language that makes sense to people. So we say it like this. If you want to know the vision of our church, we write it everywhere. We say it all the time. We teach it all the time. If you stick around very long, you'll start picking up every single message. I'll tell it to you. But the mission of our church is in four simple statements that we know God. Not that you know about God, but that you know God. That not that you're just an attender. He didn't say, therefore, go and make church attenders. We're not looking for church attenders. We're looking for disciples. He said, therefore, go and make disciples. I want people who are not in love with Je- not in love with Mitch, who are in love with Jesus. I don't want people who are in love with this preaching. I want people who are in love with God. I don't want people even in love with this church as much as I love it, as much as I know you love it. I don't want you to be in love with this. I want you to be so in love with Jesus that it changes every part of your life. I want you to know God. Say amen to that. But it's not enough to just know God. I know a ton of Christians who are saved on their way to heaven but live in hell. That's why we say you need to find freedom. By the way, that's what baptism's all about. It's that life changing. It's that born again that Jesus told Nicodemus in John the third chapter. You can have a brand new life. Paul said in Galatians, as many of you have been baptized with Christ, have put on Christ. As like putting on new clothes. You get a brand new identity. I, I, I appreciate what everybody tells you. I appreciate when people say, Pastor, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm not. I'm a Christian covered in grace. You don't have to believe that. Some of y'all said that. You're going to have to change your avatar now. You're going to have to change your bio, your bio and Facebook. Uh, listen, I, 
I appreciate AA. I really do. I appreciate what it's done. There's been a lot of people it's helped. There's people in this church that, that, that Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous has helped. I appreciate 12 steps. But they'll tell you once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Look in my eyes. That is not the Bible. Once an alcoholic, not always an alcoholic. Once I give it to Jesus and he forgives me and covers me, I'm a brand new creation. Old things are passed away and all things become new. you got to find freedom from that stuff. Say amen to that. you got to settle that stuff in your life. And then what makes us different than the rest of the organizations in the world? What makes the Church of Jesus Christ different than the United Way or the Red Cross or anybody else that's and they're doing good stuff and I appreciate and I'm thankful for them and 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 and, and I really am and, and and I'm grateful that they exist. But what makes the Church of Jesus different is we don't just do stuff for the sake of doing stuff. We we do what we do because we've got purpose on the inside of us. We don't just build water wells in Africa. We build water wells and hand out Bibles in a dialect that that African tribe can understand. We don't just go to Haiti and hand out food and hand out school. Where The place we built a school and an orphanage, there's a church building right next door. Because I don't just want to raise literate Haitians. I want to raise godly Haitians to change a nation. Come on, I, you got purpose on the inside of your life. And we are here to discover the purpose of God for your life. If I do nothing else as your pastor, after I point you to Jesus, I want to point you to the purpose of God on your life. That you're called by God. That you're anointed by God and that you can here's the last part you can make a difference in this world if you're going to be a Jesus follower therefore go make disciples come on you need to give him your whole life you need to be a disciple of Jesus you need to you need to have a life changing experience and then you need to get on mission with God know God and find freedom and discover purpose and make a difference in your life shout amen to that we've been doing that for the last five and a half years as long as I get to pastor here, we're going to keep doing that, helping people know God and find freedom and discover their purpose and then put them on mission, making a difference. And guess what those people who make a difference do? They help other people know God and find freedom and discover their purpose. And then they get on mission. Just this last month, 12 brand new families joined our church. You know what they said? I'm going to help people know God and find freedom and discover their purpose and make a difference and join the dream team. And I saw a lot of them serving this morning. This is who we are as a church. And so you can, you can go to sleep after this because that's the vision. It's the same vision. Every, if you're here very long, I preach the same message two times a year. You're just going to have to get used to it because I want to drill it in your heart. This, we are a great commission church. We are not a sit back and hope it works out. No, I'm a get up and live on purpose kind of Christian. I'm a do something that makes a difference kind of Christian. I'm a settle my yesterdays and really get freedom in my life kind of Christian. Say amen to that. All right, so it's Vision Weekend. I like to tell you kind of where we're going. Can I take about five minutes and just give you a little inside baseball? Is that okay for everybody? I always like to tell you where we are and what we're doing. The next two weeks, two weeks from today, I start a brand new series, a four-week series that leads us into Easter called Amazing Grace. And I always tell you when the right time to bring somebody to church. Now, I always want you bringing your friends and family. There are new people in the room today, and I'm glad that you're in church today. But a few times a year, I like to just tap you on the shoulder and go, hey, this is the series that's going to help people in your world. And I just want you to, to know that uh, the series we're coming into, if you if you got friends that need hope or, or, or need encouragement or, w w listen, I, I just, I'm, 
I'm keenly aware in the world that we're living in, it is getting more and more hopeless every time you turn the news on. Every time you open up social media, it looks like everything just going to hell in a handbasket. And I don't even know what a handbasket is, but it, that's, what, that's what we used to say. So that's what I say now, that everything's going to hell in a handbasket. But it, listen to me. If you got people who just feel like they're down and confused and hopeless, I want you to bring them this. This is the series for them and bring them these next four weeks as we lead into Easter Sunday. By the way, Easter is going to be amazing. Easter at City Hills on Sunday, April the 17th. We'll be right here with three service times, all new service times, so that you can, everybody kind of moves around. We always like to keep you guessing whether you're on time or not for church. And so when we add a service, we never just stick a service on the end or at the beginning. We always move everybody around and uh, th three services that day, 8.30, 10 o'clock, and 11.30, and it's going to be dynamic. I'm telling you, our team's working on beautiful experiences, creative experiences, uh, great experiences for your kids. Uh, this is going to mess with a bunch of religious people, but the Easter bunny comes, and we hide eggs. We still talk about the resurrection, but come on, we're going to give pictures, and it's just going to be a lot of fun. And, and, and this is the great time to bring people to church. I'm telling you, it's a wonderful season to bring people to church uh, as we preach about Easter and we preach about grace and we walk through this season together, say amen to that. I'd just like you to know where we're going. Hey, can I give you one more update? Can I show you our new building, everybody? We're almost there. Just this past week, we walked into this building and all of our dream team were there. We actually had an event just for legacy team members, people who give above and beyond their tithing and they give generously to see the vision move forward and they were in there first, and then the whole Dream Team, about 150 Dream Teamers who were able to make it, came through, and, and they wrote scriptures all over the walls. And when everybody was gone, Brandy and I and a few of our staff team stood around, and, man, I just wept, and I read your scriptures, and I read your prayer, and I read your miracle opportunity, what God would do in your life, and I'm super excited about it. There are The stage is in, everybody. The platform's in right there, and... We, uh, we, we got uh, walls up. Almost all the framing is completely done. We got electrical and HVAC and plumbing are working right now. And I'm super excited. Let me say thank you for your generosity. Let me say thank you for sticking with us. There are those of you who've been in two elementary schools and a movie theater and a hotel ballroom. And uh, somebody told me that this is true. I didn't tell this in the first service, but because they were there, but uh, somebody came up to me uh, Friday night uh, on, the, on the team, and they were writing uh, a, a scripture there, just tears falling out of their eyes, and I walked up and just kind of put my hand uh, on their back, and they said, Pastor, I've been here since the movie theater. I was here, I was here in year one, and honestly, I didn't think it would happen. I don't know if I believed you. And now walking around, it's just real. It's just, And I want to say thank you. Thank you for those of you who say it's real. Hey, let me let you in a little secret. The, the day we open the building, they're going to be double or triple the amount of people in this church. And you say, well, I don't like a big church. Well, you're going to hate heaven. We have to have a big church. Listen, we have to have a big church because heaven and hell are realities. If they weren't real, it doesn't matter. We can keep a small church that you can feel comfortable in. But we have to keep reaching more people because people are going to die and either go to heaven or hell. And we got work to do everybody we got a mission to be involved in we got mission to be involved in so in april and may you're going to hear about work nights now we divided our work nights into two different things they're going to be a group of people who actually know what they're doing you're not in it pat there's a group of people who i'm kidding 
who have manly skills, you know, carpenters and plumbers and electric, those kind of people, and they're going to help us do finished work. And then there's going to be other nights that are that they let me come to, right? That where you clean and you just carry stuff. Are you with me, everybody? But we're, sometime around mid-April, all of that had commenced, and it is my firm conviction. I'm pretty. I'm, just don't play this back in case it doesn't happen, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to tell you uh, we hope to have our first service there. We're going to spend all summer there, and June the 1st, we're moving into our first permanent home, everybody. Come on, to God be the glory. Come on, give God praise for that. To God be the glory. Because of your generosity and the generosity of the people who give in this church to our plan to stay campaign and because we've been faithful stewards and tried to be frugal over the last five years, we're paying for all of this with cash. We don't want to borrow any money. We haven't borrowed any money towards this project. Come on, give God praise for that. About $450,000 in cash so far that you've given towards this project. There's a gap in the vision of about $250,000 more that we need to complete this project. But I believe God's speaking to your heart. So many people are still giving. Let me just say thank you, thank you, thank you for how you give and how faithful you are. Say amen to that. Let me give you one quick way and then I'll preach and give you, give you one word for your life. I just, I, I got to update Vision Sunday. It's what I can do. I can update you. But uh, one quick way, instead of giving just one time to one thing, on, on your seat when you came in today, there's a little piece of paper called the 90-Day Tithing Challenge. Let me encourage you in this. It really is what it says it is. If you're not a tither, tithing is taking the first 10% of my income and returning it back to God. It doesn't even belong to me. The Bible said the tithe is holy unto the Lord. In other words, it belongs to God already. It's, it's already His. That's why Malachi 3 says that you'll rob God if you hold out what's already His. You say, well, how do we rob God? Well, in tithing and offering, he said, that's where it's not that it's not that God needs your money. Look at me. It's not that God needs your money. It's that I need the blessing of God on my life. And I can either have 100% and not have the blessing of God, or I can have 90% and the blessing of God is all over it. And I can do more with 90% blessed than I can 100% without the blessing of God. Say amen to that, everybody. So listen, so our team put together the 90-day tithing challenge. Now, this is crazy. We're the dumbest church in town. Listen to me. For this reason. The 90-day challenge says if you'll fill this out, and if you don't see the blessing of God in your life in 90 days, we'll give you all your money back. Now, you name me another church who's giving you a money-back guarantee. <laughs> Nobody does that. And our team got together, and we said, we believe this principle so much. If, if people will just try, if they'll just, matter of fact, Malachi says, test me in this. Try me in this and see if I won't open the windows of heaven. Will anybody just testify and say, I know it to be true. When I put God first, God blesses everything in my life. People all over the building. I, I put God first. All right, all right. Let me preach to you. I got nine minutes to give you the rest of this word. Can you listen quick? All right. You got to have vision for your life. I gave you vision for our church, but you got to have vision for your life. Proverbs 29 and 18 said, Where there is no vision, people start to perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. One translation says, uh, uh, Proverbs 29, 18 in the message says that w where people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Honestly, that's the way a lot of people are living their lives today, just stumbling through. I hope I make it. I hope I get through. I hope I'm doing the right thing. I hope I'm, I'm making the right effort. Reminds me of a story of Matthew Emmons, 2004 Olympics. 
He is a master marksman. I didn't know that shooting was an Olympic sport, but it is an Olympic sport. And Matthew Emmons had trained his whole life. He actually already had won a gold medal in the 2004 Olympics. And he is going for another gold in the 50-meter three-position rifle final. This is the final shot of his Olympic debut. And he's got one shot remaining. He's way ahead uh, for everybody else. He just needs one point to be able to get another gold and finish the 2004 Summer Olympics. And Matthew Emmons, I've watched the video countless times. He slows down his breathing like Master Marksman do. And he looks, he aims the specialty rifle and he looks through the, the glass and he looks through the, the sight there. And, and just as calm as he could be, he fires off one shot and it's a perfect shot through the scope he can see it is perfect bullseye and the immediate thought in his mind is I've clinched another gold medal I can go home happy about it 30 seconds after that shot he lifts his eyes off of the scope and looks at the monitor to the right over his shoulder and this is his face this is Matthew Emmons that's his face because on the monitor he realized he got the right shot a bullseye shot but he had aimed at his partner's target write this in your notes if you don't have a strong vision you'll get a great shot on the wrong target if you don't have a strong vision you'll get a great shot on the wrong target you'll live your life thinking I, I, th I think I did okay I, th I think I made it here I, I'm successful but but your family is in shambles great shot wrong target uh, I got money in the bank we don't have to we don't have to check the balance to see if we can go out to lunch today great great shot but there's no peace in your soul when you lay down at night wrong target uh, you, you could have the perfect Instagram grid that everybody thinks your hair is right, your kids are right, your marriage is perfect. It looks like a great shot. Wrong target. You, you can climb the ladder of success and get to the very top only to realize you've leaned it against the wrong building. You can have a great shot against the wrong target. Why? Because you need strong vision in your life. Clear vision makes life so much easier. As a matter of fact, write it down like this. The clearer the vision is, the fewer options you have and the easier decisions are. The, fewer, the clearer the vision is, the fewer options you have, the easier the decisions are. Matter of fact, that's why our church is so simple. That's why there's only four vision statements. It's why we only do four things. It's, it's, why, it's why we've simplified our church because we made the vision so clear. We say no to a lot of things. We say no to a lot of ministry. It's not because we don't believe in it. It's not because it's not good stuff. It's just because we have such clear vision that if it doesn't fit this vision, it's easy for us to make decisions. Now listen to me. The clearer the vision you have in in your own life, the easier the decisions are made. I've got a clear vision for the kind of retirement I want. Brandy and I have already talked about it. She's already let me. She's already agreed to let me do what I want to do. I already know when I plan to not be senior pastor of this church. I'm not telling y'all because y'all will be counting on the days. I've already decided when I'm handing this church over and I've already decided what I'm going to do. I'm going to wear short shorts and I'm going to wear long tube socks with the little lines on them and I'm going to ride a golf cart around and she's going to be on my arm and I'm will walk into Walmart just like this holding coffee all of my life and she's going to be with me now listen I don't cheat on my wife not because I'm scared of her I am not because 
God says don't commit adultery. He does. But I don't cheat on my wife because I got vision of how I want to be as an old man with her. It, it changes the decisions in my life. Are you with me? I, I, I raise my kids a certain way, not because I want them to have a certain behavior, but because I got vision for what I want them to be. I have a 10-year-old little girl today in first service while you were still sleeping. She was serving in preschool. She didn't have to do that. She's 10 years old. You know why, though? She, she already has vision for her life. She, I, already, I know what I want a 16-year-old little girl to do. I know what I want a 26-year-old girl to do. I want her to put God's house first. So at 10 years old, I'm teaching her. I'm giving her vision for the future and it makes everything else easier are you with me everybody you'll disqualify you don't know my marriage you don't know my job you don't know my history you don't know my finances that sounds good but you don't know me listen I'm not talking about your current situation I'm talking about vision and if you'll get clear vision for where you want to be it'll change the decisions you make in your current situation it's like putting your skinny picture on the fridge You know which one I'm talking about. That one when you were in college and you weren't wearing enough clothes and you put it on the fridge and it prevents you from getting ice cold milk and Oreos at 2 a.m. Come on, somebody. Why? Because I got a vision of what I want to be and it changes my present. You want to get out of the situation you're in? You don't have to beg God to change this. You just got to get vision for something better. You just got to get vision that drives you to that next thing. And without it, everything in your life is perishing. You need big vision for your career, your marriage, your family, your finances, and your spiritual life. Say amen to that. I, I, I can't overstate the importance of vision in your life. I was at the eye doctor. Not long ago. Not because I chose to be, but because my wife made me the appointment. You know. And she said, you're going to get your eyes checked. It's been a while, and it has. I've worn glasses since I was a young boy, but I don't like going to the eye doctor. And if you're an eye doctor here, matter of fact, we have an, uh, an optometrist I know owns a lot of eye clinics that attends our church. And um, I don't know why you hate people. But optometrists hate people. And, and my optometrist, for sure, uh, we have a history of glaucoma in our family. So they spray that little, they, you know, that, uh, the battery acid they put right in your eyeball. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So I put off going to the eye doctor. And I just wear these, you know, the same glasses over and over and over. I go to the eye doctor, true story. And, and, and he, take your glasses off and. And I know the first letter is E. I mean, I'm not that blind, you know. But honestly, after that, I, I <laughs> Roy, I kind of make it up. I think pretty well on my feet, so I just thought maybe I can get through this. You know, he won't do that battery acid in my eyeball. So I'm like, E, real confident. <laughs> and then I, you know, kind of squint. I really don't know what's next, and so I make it up. <laughs> and I just, Nancy, I'm embarrassed about this. And I said, a E I O U. <laughs> it's true, Josh. And then I said, maybe a Y. <laughs> he covers my right eye and he says, Man, this right eye's gotten a whole lot worse since those glasses you had on. I said, Well, I can still see. Listen. He said, Oh no. Your vision's terrible. You just learn to live with it. 
Sometimes you just learn to live with the marriage you've got. You just learn how to live with this not vibrant faith in God. It's not that you got good vision. You just learn to live with no peace and no joy. Everything's not fine. You don't have vision for your marriage, and then you end up with a manila envelope that shows up to your house, and you realize it was worse than you thought. You don't have vision for financial freedom, and you may have a lot of cash flow, but you are drowning in debt. It's just a vision problem, not a spending problem. It's a vision problem. You may have no vision for your health. You want a six-pack, but you end up with a keg. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Elisha, the prophet of God, has a servant named Gehazi. He gets to the end of his ministry, and Elisha says to Gehazi, I... I pray to God. He actually, this was his prayer to God. He said, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. That's my prayer for you. That was my prayer heading into this weekend for you. Just open their eyes that they may see. Open their eyes so that they see that God has more for them. That you got to have vision for where we're going together. Open your eyes that your family has vision, that your marriage has vision, your children has. So, so let me give you four, four things that you can do, and then we'll pray, and then, and then I'll let you go. Here's the first one. Maybe it's time, okay? Maybe it's time to get involved. I'll give you our vision, but backwards. Maybe it's time to make a difference with your life. You've been sitting around churches, this one and others, for a long time consuming. Maybe it's time to actually get involved. Don't just show up. Don't wait on other people to serve. Start serving. Don't just drop your kids off in kids' ministry. Sign up. There's 15 or 20 more people that God's called you and gifted you to work with children. To raise world changers. We're not babysitting, by the way. Babysitting is what they get Monday through Friday. We're raising world changers over there. This vision that you see, we put it in them. Everything that we do. Maybe it's time to get involved on an outreach team. Uh, every month, our outreach teams go out and serve teams. And we serve our cities. And today, I'm passing by. Early this morning, my little girl's in the truck with me as I am on my way to church this morning. And we passed by a sign that said, This uh, highway adopted by City Hills Church. She saw it. She said, Daddy, our church does that? I said, oh, yeah. She said, oh, I remember. We, that's where we pick up trash. Oh, yeah. That seems simple. But how does that make a difference? Because everything we do is in Jesus' name. Every time we serve. Th- th- this weekend when we gave thousands of dollars to Hill Country Daily Bread Ministries. Every time they feed a, a family. Every time they show up with backpacks. Every time with Backpack for Blessing going on right now. Every child that we fill a backpack for. We, we don't just do that like every other organization. No, no, no. We do that in Jesus' name. Maybe it's time to get involved. You. Stay for loadout. Takedown. I, I, I can't do anything. I, I don't know how to do anything. No, you can't. Maybe it's time, write this the second one. Maybe it's time to just stop making excuses. Maybe it's time to stop making excuses about why you can't. Well, I, I can't sing like, like Rebecca. Well, I can't either. I can't do something. Maybe it's time you discover the purpose. You were made for the family of God, and you've got purpose. We say it like this, that everybody's a 10 somewhere. Find out where you're a 10 and go do that for God. 
find out what God did give you and go do that for some of you are just encouragers that's the, that's the gift that God put on your life just to encourage and strengthen and you got the gift of encouragement Ernest Lozano to my right Ernest wave at everybody Ernest come to our church for about a year and a half now he drives from Universal City in case you didn't know that's, that's a little bit further than that 10 minutes you had to drive on the interstate it's 45 miles away from here he, he's at my he's at my men's small group every Wednesday morning before I am drinking coffee he texts me at night y'all ain't getting my cell phone number but he does and he just texts me every once in a while says I love you and I prayed for you tonight because he works third shift in his 60s and he's up praying for me everybody can do something Stop making excuses about serving and loving people and getting on a team and praying and reading your Bible. and Come on, join the church. Come on, discover your purpose. Maybe it's time to settle some issues. Maybe it's time to settle some issues. We call this fine freedom. Maybe it's time to, to get in a small group and find brothers and sisters that you can pray with and love and encourage and strengthen and, and do life with. Maybe it's time you, you, you just you settle some issues. You've brought church hurt with you from the last three churches. This is the one that stops. Settle your yesterdays. Find some freedom over addiction. You're in a church today that will help you and walk with you. Find freedom over bitterness and anger and alcoholism and pill addiction. Find freedom over depression and anxiety and worry. Find freedom. Just settle some issues. I'm not telling you you're lost. I'm just telling you you need freedom. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to give it all to God. Maybe it's time you give your whole life to God. Like really. Like really, really. Stop playing church. Stop playing around with your purpose. Stop playing around with, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. No, no, no. I know what's inside of me. And if I don't, I got brothers and sisters that will help call it out of me. Maybe it's time to give it all to God. Give your whole life to God. Give your marriage to God. Give your relationship to God. Give your life to God. Come on, rededicate your I've been a Christian a long time. Fine. If you're cold and carnal and on the outside, just decide, I'm going all in with God in this season. Come on, it's the Easter season. What better time during Lent leading up to the passion of the Lord Jesus that you decide to give your whole life to God. He has all of me. Give it all to God. You can know God. Find freedom. Really discover your purpose. And then join Jesus in the Great Commission to go, go, make a difference. Close your eyes and bow your head. Father, I just pray for people today who feel blinded by the lights of their own lives. I pray for people today who are struggling with vision for their homes, vision for their marriage, vision for their own lives. I don't really know what I'm supposed to do, where I'm supposed to go. God, I pray like Elisha prayed for his servant. Open their eyes, Lord, so that they may see. Open their eyes to see that they're called by God, champions. They're a son of the Most High God a daughter of the king 
designed with purpose, with unique destiny and calling on their lives to make a difference for God. I pray for people who need to give their whole lives to God today. Let this prayer be the prayer of sincerity in their hearts. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the first time in a long time, would you rededicate your life? Everybody, I pray it with you, but nobody can pray this for you. It's between you and God. You say, Jesus, take my whole life. Forgive me of all of my sins. I receive forgiveness, salvation, hope for the future. Now, this is the part everybody can pray. Open my eyes. Let me see clearly the vision of God for our lives. Let me get vision for my marriage. Let me get vision for my children. Let me have vision for our business. Let me have vision on, I'm not just there taking a paycheck. Let me have vision for how I can serve and work. and Give me vision for my life. God, I'm all in with God. Help me to settle my yesterdays. Help me to discover the purpose of God inside of my life. Help me to live a life that makes a difference. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody shout a big amen. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, Why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.